Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to What? That old queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queen. Lockdown is over, ish. Yeah, it's true. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? How are you feeling about being able to be in a pub garden? I love being in a pub garden, and it was just lovely to. Um, we went to the pub on Monday, mm. just sort of little frissons of looking over to different tables and checking out different people. I think I missed that that the most. Yeah, it was quite nice. It was quite. Um, so sure, yeah. Like in a way that it didn't feel like we'd been for such a long time. Even when we kind of came out of lockdown last time, we'd go to that pub and no one else would be there except for us. <laughs> like no one we knew. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely the place to be. Yeah. Um, and you've had some big news announced this week. I have. Yes, I've now a full time. I've got a full-time role as an artist, which is what I was doing for the last <laughs> 21 years. But I'm now being on a pay-yee contract. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of social... Exp- that- That's my grinder, it's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, it's an experiment um, to see what would happen if you pay artists uh, a wage and see what they would come up with so they don't have to go through the rigmarole of applying for one project to another yeah um so it's really exciting to be a guinea pig in that way um and it's a a role for a whole year and i'm a full-time um artist so yeah it's brilliant it's with an organization called strike a light in gloucester amazing yeah so i'm looking forward to getting my teeth into that but you're so i mean i would say you're so prolific and you're so tenacious as an artist having worked with you you know Mm. over the last 18 months or so I know what you're up to and what you do and things like that I'm always juggling things yeah and I I think that's brilliant 
Um, we've got another prolific and tenacious artist coming on as our guest later, a bit later on, um, John Lee Bird, who's a visual artist, and he surprised us with a couple of voodoo dolls of us. Yeah, really, and actually, what you're saying is 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 that he is that uh, prolific person in the sense that, and I recognised myself when I was looking at his work and what he's been up to. Like he's made them. It feels like he's made the most out of lockdown. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think he's made like thousands of those little dolls. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to him about him and his work. And he does other stuff. He doesn't just make little dolls. But that's going to be really interesting. But we and we've also got the return of what that really old queen. Yeah, yeah. which is one that you've picked out, and I'm mm. keen to know more. Um, I wanted to not uh, let this moment go um, past without noting the sad passing of Nikki Graham. Yes, um, who was just always been one of those brilliant person who I just loved and was t always totally herself. Mm. Um, and I felt like that passing is so tragic and so sad. And we're all supposed to be in this national mourning for someone that I ha we have no, well, I don't have any relationship to at all. Mm. And feel quite sort of the fact that our radio, for me anyway, because I listen to the radio all the time, sort of has been intruded so much about like what we can, what we can do on the radio. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to let it go unnoticed that uh, I feel the, the sadness of her passing. Yeah, because it's kind of been blindsided slightly by a royal figure. Yeah, who was kind of expected to die anyway. We've kind of known that. Yeah, they've they've been ill for quite a while. Yeah, um, but yeah, there were lots of complaints, weren't there, about BBC being taken over by this? That all of their channels were taken over. And usually, the BBC actually you have to report those things, but they don't seem to have done that. No. What about Nikki Graham? No, they they don't seem to re have reported the fact that... Um, that they had loads of complaints. That they had loads of complaints, <laughs> yeah. Because that in itself is newsworthy, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, but they're not going to admit to their own mistakes, are they? Well, sometimes they have to when they were talking about, like, you know, women's pay versus... Yeah. yeah so they, they were forced into a situation where they had to use use that for the content for the news but yeah. yeah they haven't seemed to done that with uh with the duke of edinburgh passing no but it is i mean it's like maybe one channel but not all of them well i always listen to six music mm. and it's like i don't think that the six the average six music listener gives a one hoot about the duke of edinburgh no exactly and people are up in arms because gardner's world wasn't on <laughs> was that you? <laughs> it wasn't me personally, no, but I do know people that were very upset about that. <laughs> and the Top of the Pops reruns on BBC Four. I mean, BBC Four was just off air. Like, anything they put out could be offensive. Bizarre. It's odd. Um, someone who maybe was a little bit of offensive sometimes, <laughs> but not actually. He was just an amazing, large character, is... Monty Rock, who's the subject of our What That Really Old Queen. I've always loved the song that they had out with um, Get Dancing. You've, do you remember the title of it? Yeah, <laughs> just about. <laughs> um, we, where he, when he was Disco Tex mm. and his sex Olets. Um, but I remember it as a kid being number one 
and and dancing to that on top of the pops, you know, in in the living room, and just seem seeing him as a very flamboyant character. And uh, he was on, uh, he came up on one of my YouTube feeds the other day, uh, get dancing, and I just thought, oh, I love this song. And then I went into a little bit of a hole about researching him. And he was kind of like a fabulous, and I'm talking to him about him in the past sense. He's he's not dead. He's eighty, and he has a residency in Las Vegas still. Is he some kind of priest? No, he's an ordained priest, so he can marry people. Oh, okay. But he's also very gay. So Monty Rock, formerly Monty Rock the Second, Monty Rock the Fourth, and Monty Rock the Fifth, and Sir Monty Rock, but now he's just called Monty Rock. <laughs> and was obviously discotheques with his sexolets, uh, as he's reinvented himself lots of times. Um, but he was his real name is Joseph Martinez, and he was born 29th of May 1942 to a, a Puerto Rican family in the Bronx. And he parlayed his role as a celebrity hairdresser into a role on centre stage, basically. Uh, and he was in the film Saturday Night Fever. He had like a, a little cameo appearance in that. Um, what was he in? Like, like a DJ or something? Yeah, he was a DJ in in the in the disco, yeah. and and that's one of his three major claims to fame uh, for the hairdresser turned bon vivant and cabaret entertainer. So he claims he spent his life as an exercise in performance art. And I quoting him, he says, "Sometimes I realise how lucky I've been, and how I messed it up." <laughs> but he also claims that he paved the way for reality TV. Yeah, because I saw a clip of him saying, you know, everyone keeps saying, oh, you've got to have an act. And he didn't have an act. Not at all. Yeah. He, I mean, he was his own act yeah. in so many ways. And we t- it talks about this. So um, he was a professional talk show guest in the, in the 1960s. TV talk shows treated gay men as a curiosity. And they kind of did that over here, didn't they? With his outrageous fashions and personality, Rock was the vanguard of wink-wink, nudge-nudge game played by the likes of Liberace, who Rock says stole his act. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Johnny Carson had him on The Tonight Show 36 times, and according to IMDb, lending credence to Rock's claim that he was a reality show before reality shows. Uh, He was a one-hit wonder in 1974, but actually he had two hits... Two Hit Wonders doesn't have the same ring. No, but I guess the whole album, it was a bit of a concept album. So um, Rock was christened as Disco Text by the producer Bob Crew for the number 10 single, Get Dancing, which I think went higher in the UK charts than it did in America. And I Want to Dance with Chew. Yes, I love the spelling of the Chew, yeah. So in Saturday Night Fever, Rock's minor part was elevated not only by the fad, but because the rest of the cast beyond Travolta was, uh, and actually including John Travolta, because he wasn't very well known back then, it kind of shot him into stardom. But he was relatively unknown, so he was able to negotiate a special billing on the end credits because people knew who Monty Rock was. He says, it gave me credibility for another two or three years. He says the role handed to him by one of the producers, Freddie Gershon, a longtime friend who knew he was broke. Hello, any friends (laughs) out there? (laughs) You can put me in a movie. Travolta didn't want uh, to do promotional junkets, so the studio used to pay Rock to show up at discos and screenings. So he was like... Did the the work for Johnny? He did all the PR for it. 
There's one oh. clip that I saw. Maybe it was on the Johnny Carson show. It's only a tiny clip, but he says, I am Ricky Martin's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is it. He was such an amazingly loud personality, and I I watched lots of clips of him, especially in the in the nineteen you know sixties when he was on those black and white TV shows, and he he just kind of lit up the screen, and in in a way that people like um, Kenneth Williams would do when they went on to chat shows, and I think he talks about being gay as being a little bit of a sideshow. He says, I was not an industry, I was just one person shocking the world by being outlandishly innocent about what I was doing. I'm not a good actor, but I did film. I'm not a good singer, but I did records. I'm a, column, I'm a columnist who can't type. My one genius was hair. I could do hair, but doing hair for 30 years was not exactly something I had in mind. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's bad to be self-absorbed. When my parents found out I was gay, they threw me out of the house. I knew my destiny was in my own hands. I was a great hairdresser, but I became such big news for doing nothing. I discovered myself. Mm. And so, yeah, it goes on to talk about being a gay sideshow on talk shows. Uh, and he says, you weren't allowed to mention it. I was out of the closet when I came out of the womb. The only question I had with gayness was whether I was going to be in the closet like other celebrities, and I never was. I've been put in the position maybe twice or, th or three times where I was made fun of, and I learned very quickly what I learned is each time you make an appearance, tell a better story. And I talked and talked and talked and made talking into an art. It's a bit That's like brilliant. It's a bit like what we do here. Well, <laughs> and there's something about, for me, there's a couple of things. Yeah, telling a story and then the more you tell it, the more refined it gets. And, you know, I've, I've noted that really with the people that I work with when I get them to tell, give me their kind of oral histories. And these stories have been so well crafted just because they've been told so many times. Yeah. Um, and they're those, those stories that are particular to those people, really. But what I think is fascinating about him is this sort of idea of reinvention, yeah. really. And I wondered whether there's something something connected with a kind of queer sensibility that makes you want to reinvent yourself constantly. Because yeah. he changed his name how many times? I think it was about five, well, five that I times. mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that we've all known queer people that do that. And I, I just wonder what that is about, really. Yeah, I think it's maybe we recognise the different stages of our lives and we still want to be fabulous, but we need to reinvent ourselves in that in that kind of period of our lives. Mm. But I think he's I think he's an outstanding role model for like he was out and being gay at a time where it was illegal, not cool, but he made it cool because everybody wanted him on their chat show. So he goes on to say at least I had a reason to be gay. I turned it into show business. Then everyone came out of the closet. My gayness became mainstream and then everybody became gay and my career was over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so on his career in Las Vegas, where he's been for the last few years, my opinion of it is characters like me are long gone. People who are self-created are long gone. Someone like me belongs here because it lends itself to the glitter of Vegas. But the talent of surviving is a talent. Life has a way of you either sink or swim. And I've been able to sink more times than swim. I'm the world's most successful failure. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Monty is now an ordained minister, according to his Facebook page. <laughs> 
But I mean, isn't that remarkable? He's such, I mean, he's literally famous for being just fabulous. And if you watch some of those videos, I was, I was watching Get Dancing uh, with Disco Texas and his sexo legs, and he's just having an amazing time. Uh, and I think that was a toured show as well, which was just like a cabaret show. And he's just on stage singing and dancing and having a ball. And that's why he's famous. Isn't that what we love about performers, though? Would you like to go to Las Vegas and see him? I would love to go to Las Vegas and see him. I mean, it might not be as fabulous as it would have been in the 1970s. What do you imagine that the kind of venue that he's performing in? Well, I imagine it must be one of those like hotels where they have... Okay. Could we do like a What That Old Queen in Las Vegas? What That Old Queen Goes to Vegas? Yeah. Well, if people sponsor us a bit more... <laughs> <laughs> on our donation page maybe we can maybe we could get a grant for it <laughs> and we could have him on the show <laughs> i said that to robbie actually our friend robbie i was going well, i was talking to him about monty brock and i went oh can we go to vegas and see him and he went yes and then he can marry us <laughs> because oh, right. he's an ordained minister so it's you and robbie getting married not me um well it could be I'd just be the the, it could be any of us bridesmaid <laughs> well maybe we'll draw straws <laughs> that's how marriage works right <laughs> but I, I think this guy's such a fabulous character and I'll post some pictures on our Instagram mm. page about him and um, I'm surprised that we haven't done him before really but I guess he's not as big over here as he is in America and I just think he's outrageous fun and a very good gay role model. And looks great in a tunic. It looks great in a tunic. <laughs> well, I love the white. He had like a white suit and uh, a white fedora yeah. in the uh, Get Dancing video. But if you've, if you've not checked out Disco Tex and his sexolets, get onto YouTube and uh, have a little boogie to it. Um, did you happen to catch... Um Dr. Christian Jensen's tweet about Arlene Foster's having an affair? No. <laughs> what is this? Do you know Dr. Christian? Do you know he did the Embarrassing Bodies? Yes. Yeah, he's the TV doctor, isn't yeah. he? which I was on Embarrassing Bodies. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've got, um, I've got a sort of very particular kind of eczema connected right. with my um, varicose veins. Right. And they they had this little sort of porter cabin up in the centre of Bristol, and I just sort of looked in, sauntered in, sauntered in, and um, yeah, he sort of gave them a a peruse. It was touching me all over. Um, and um, do you want to show us on your doll where he touched you? <laughs> now that I've got one, yeah. Um, and, and then and then I uh, and then it was aired and then I managed to make it into a song which I can't find on my computer right. but um, but yeah so Dr Christian tweeted that Arlene Foster was having an affair with her security guard oh but I think it was a dig at um, her sort of stance on gay marriage um, which she says she's not home in favour because she's got gay friends but she doesn't like gay marriage well, I think the D- DUP is anti-gay marriage. Oh, okay. But but she's suing her. She's suing him. She's suing him for defamation of character, and it's all being played out in the courts right now. Oh, so that's one to watch. Oh yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and I love a defamation of character. 
the case, don't you? I'm surprised we haven't been in court for it. <laughs> Some of the things we said on this podcast. <laughs> I like the defamation of character of, um, oh, uh, who was um actress that was in Gone with the Wind? Not Vivian Lee. Olivia de Havilland. Oh, yeah. Olivia de Havilland sued Ryan Reynolds. Johnson. Who did, who did the feud show? Oh, uh, Brian Murphy. Brian Murphy for defamation of character um, because she, because her character was being played by Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, that was my Welsh accent. <laughs> because they, they sort of planted a huge rift between Olivia de Havilland and her sister. And she sued them when she was 110 or something. Wow, she's with it. Yeah, and died two years later. <laughs> and begs the question, was it worth it? I thought she was suing for defamation of character because Catherine Zeta-Jones was playing her. <laughs> no, I mean, quite like Catherine Zeta-Jones to play me. Yeah, I thought she did. I think she was good in that. She was, yeah. yeah I think she's been good in loads of things. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm not suing you for defamation of character yet. Yet. But let's talk it out. Talk it out over the break. <laughs> so we'll be back after this. Blah blah blah. Trying to grow our audience. Blah. Please share our episodes on social media. I mean, I know you won't, but I'm going to ask anyway. Oh, um. By the way, there's a patreon account below so if you can spare a bob or two and help us with some overheads that would be amazing anyway um thanks again for listening blah There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Right, so we're back, and we have a very special guest. We have... One of the most prolific visual artists in the UK, I would say, John Lee Bird. Welcome to What That Old Queen. Hi, Old Queens. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. We're very excited to have you because you, you, you've made some dolls of us. I know. I, I couldn't resist touching you up. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't stick pins in them, that's fine. Um, How do you think they were made? You, you've been pinned and pricked and rubbed all over. I, I was, I've been in agony for a week. Sorted <laughs> <laughs> out any lower back pain anyway. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so how many dolls have you made during lockdown? Uh, I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> a couple, couple of hundred at least, because lockdown kicked in and I found a pack of felt lying around in my storage and I was sick to death of drawing and all that shit and thought oh I'm going to make a David Bowie doll just for the fun of it um, I also had some orange wool so obviously I leapt in with the man who fell to earth type Bowie doll and, and then rather enjoyed it and did a, another one and then went oh I should do 69 David Bowie dolls because he died when he was 69 and you know a couple of months later there's 69 Bowie dolls all been done and then it was like actually I want to make Tina Turner <laughs> as, as you do. Um, so and and now I've sort of gone off on, on a tangent and, have you made the um, Tina um, Turner and the David Bowie fuck I, I so should have done the one where she says when she whispers into his ear on when they're performing tonight and she says like you know um, and no, he, he whispers to her doesn't he saying my dick is so raw yeah <gasps> I love that and moment he's in the, so beautiful and I'm a massive Tina Turner fan me too <laughs> yeah. and you, I mean you've you've done Tina for a different project as well haven't you uh, I've, I've, yeah, I, I, I think whenever there's sort of a lockdown or a personal tragedy or just life is just miserable, I always sort of go back to icons and things and do a project about icons. Like I always fall back on wanting my heroes around me. Yeah. So mm. I've been talking about Nikki Graham being a bit of an icon. Would you make one for her, or is it too popular culture? I don't know. I, I, I've, I've when I was doing sort of portrait paintings and things of, of like up and coming performers and musicians and stuff I, I also include like the old barmaid who I love mm. um, so I, yeah I can squeeze Nikki in she might be good as a doll yeah she would lend herself <laughs> to that genre but, but what have you been saying about Nikki about uh, well I was just mouthing off about how pissed off I am that we have to be in national mourning for someone that we don't really that's you know massively privileged and we had no connection to um particularly as queer yeah. people actually but then felt like the sad loss in of nikki was 
going uh, under under the radar under really, the radar it? yeah yeah because i just yeah, felt like yeah. she was someone that was truly herself all the time yeah you know and she gave us who is she do you know yeah, what i mean so yeah, yeah. That's, that's culturally important <laughs> I, you know, it's way more important than an old um racist talking shit isn't it <laughs> so you've got a huge body of work we've been looking at your website and you do there there are lots of different proje- lots of different projects and you kind of do them in different styles don't you but then you kind yeah. of produce lots in that style yeah i i blame a david hockney quote from that i read years ago and it, i may have this wrong it might not even be david hockney but somebody said possibly david hockney said that you have to complete something every day so I'll do that. And then also there's the Brian Eno thing of if you make a mistake in music, repeat it three times and it's not a mistake. <laughs> so so I'm sort of combining those two things together and just going if you know, if I on a whim I make something, then i I've got to then make three hundred or whatever. <laughs> How long does it take you to make a doll? about eight hours for each one. Wow. So so you two have been really rubbed and fondled. I felt it. <laughs> Yeah, good. good. Are you planning to sell us? Um, uh, who to? <laughs> well, I was hoping one of our um, rich patrons might buy them. Uh, uh, I'm hoping that too. <laughs> um, uh, but, well, the plan is to do like a big exhibition. I, I want all the dolls to come to life. It's got to be sort of live aid s. You two can host the show. Amazing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. We'll 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 actually do it. <laughs> We'll do all the voices. Yeah, we'll do a live exhibition. <laughs> Amazing. Definitely be up for that. Um, and you've done, so uh, what's the, so there's, is there a, one called Before Encore or something? Before you've, Encore. Yeah. yeah. Before Encore, yeah. Yeah. And what describe that little project to us. Well, that, that, that little project ended up lasting about 10 years. And, <laughs> I was being ironic. Um, <laughs> on a weird project that I started because basically I ended up in Edinburgh doing a cabaret show called Fabaret. Um, and we had like loads of performance artists with us. And like, it was a little troupe that went around. Um, so we had Boogaloo Stew joining in, Roy, you know, Big Nipple Roy, Sparkle Motion, Princess Knickers, and all this. And how does Big Roy get those big nipples? Oh, he, he stretched them out, and like the whole Oriana bit. Oriana, I n- can never say that word, mm. but that's all be tattooed in because that's sort of three foot down now or whatever. <gasps> wow, they're gorgeous. <laughs> I love those yeah. nipples. I, I, you know, he has to tape them down to wear a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> to go out in like, you hang out in Edinburgh and you go out to Dalkeith, which is where we were staying. You go to Lidl to buy some veg, and you know those come in. It's, it's a bit of a shock, for people. So, so he sort of tapes them down a little bit. <laughs> Otherwise, they're permanently to, erect. Yeah, well, or poking old ladies' eyes out. <laughs> My nipples are so, completely yeah, so the opposite. Because I was hanging around with these performance artists and all this, and doing this show, I suddenly thought I'd quite like to document these people that I'm hanging around with because I was snapping away with my camera mm. um, and then thought you know let's do some big sort of cinescope portraits big Andy Warhol sort of factory thing yeah then spent 10 years hanging out with people and were you performing in that show in Summerhall yeah d- dressed as um, a furry monster and we were 
jumping around with giant mushrooms and eating glitter and rubbing <laughs> ourselves on the audience. Are you in Slapper? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm yeah, friends so- with Suey Sue. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how I. I think that's when I met you when you did um, King's Cross. Okay, yeah, explains it. Yeah, got it. (laughs) And I'd just given up painting at that point because basically I'd I'd had four strokes and couldn't really paint anymore. So I ditched the Before Uncle project. Plus, it tied in with the ten-year anniversary. But yeah, you'd been on my list. hit list of people to paint <laughs> but, you, but, uh, but you'd be made into a doll sad, <laughs> rather sad when I met you and, and I was like oh, I want to photograph him and fucking paint him so yeah it's taken a few years to turn you into a doll well, well we got there in the end <laughs> amazing <laughs> with your floppy neck <laughs> it's funny because I've been doing a piece about um, the friendship between Kenneth Williams and Maggie Smith and um, Kenneth Williams says to Maggie, I, he he was doing this thing with her called Acting in the 60s, and he says to her at the end of the filming, you're extraordinarily relaxed. I mean, your head is so relaxed. And she says, well, that's because I've got so many fillings that my head is full of lead. It just keeps falling forward. <laughs> <laughs> is that your excuse today? <laughs> I never knew that I had one until I saw the dull version of myself. <laughs> and uh, you're a big fan of the podcast, aren't you? You've been listening to it while you've been making these dolls. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, you've filled many a night. <laughs> have you got a favourite episode? Um, oh, God. I, I, I knew I should have made some notes. I was listening to, I listened to about five last night because I got so sick of listening to The Doors. I'm, I'm trying to make a Jim Morrison doll. Right. But I haven't got the dark wall that i need so i've ordered it it's going to take a few days i was like do you know what i'm going back to what that old queen i was playing some old episodes there's the one where you talk about larry drayson yeah that's really good and the onion sandwiches that's what i yeah yeah that's that's what i think of larry grayson is the onion just just onion sandwiches they had onion sandwiches (laughs) one of my favorite podcasts it is um, fortunately with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover and they are currently having two weeks off and so they posted an old one that were with Esther Ranson and it's just brilliant it's just such a laugh <laughs> Esther Ranson is just gold she, she, she always has been quite golden hasn't she yeah she'd be gold but I, you know how do you do the teeth um, yeah I mean you need to think it about that insulting. you know what I mean I, I love her she said she, she said something like I went into a shop and someone said to me now I am old enough to remember who you were <laughs> who you were yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know who you were it's such a good insult <laughs> so what is use- what what is your favourite medium to work in do you think or does it change all the time because you're using different mediums all the time aren't you well, I'm always drawing and collaging and things. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a favourite medium. I, I think, you know, I, I really like just playing around and, you know, okay, when I get on a project, I sort of stick to one thing. But mm. I grew up in Ipswich, right? And there was, like, there's no gays. I never knew, I, I sort of just thought I'd never, ever meet anybody, ever. So I had to be the best I could be and I had to know how to, you know, plaster a wall 
wire a plug, make whatever I needed and all that. So I sort of just carried that through my art practice. And The funny just... thing about Ipswich is I've met so many people that are it's about funny... your age that always say <laughs> there were no gays in Ipswich. I just <laughs> wish that I could have been there at that time, probably in the, I don't know, I'm guessing your age, 80s, uh, in the 80s, yeah. and say... These are all your. These are all your potential friends. <laughs> yeah, but no one was out back then, were they? So it's just like, <laughs> why? Why you? You're not from Ipswich, are you? Tell no, me. I'm not. No, no. I just know uh, lots of people that have been there. Really? I, th- I think I, there was a lot of lesbian pool players. Right. Like the, the only gay bar like had like it was just full of lesbians who wouldn't would not let you near the pool play table. <laughs> I mean, I think um, I think that probably is still the case. Last time I was in Ipswich, there was one gay bar that we went to with a big pool table. Yeah, I reckon there's a huge gay underbelly in Ipswich, it's just waiting to be discovered. Yeah. Well, I always used to walk home by the docks, and I never found Carell, the sailor that I wanted to oh, find. Oh, love that movie. Yeah, have it's you found Brad him now? No. Oh. Where are you in London? Uh, uh, East London, so East Ham. Okay. So what? What's the other one? So there's a collage uh, one, which is is it called Icon? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're sort of drawn collages. Yeah, that's been that was another little lockdown project. I've done so many projects in lockdown. Um, yeah, you know, all sort of based on pop stars and heroes. Really, I think because I've just been a bit lonely and I wanted live aid going on in my house. Right. I think I felt like I, when I was looking at your work, I saw a sort of bit of myself within you in the sense that we both have really made the most of lockdown and we've just been prolific and done loads of things because we've not, yeah. we're not usually given this opportunity. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, normally I'm doing sort of design jobs during the day and like doing flyer design for other people. Mm. So to have, you know, a year just to go mad been really freeing yeah i can but you you've also had, you've got a bit of a back problem as well haven't you so you've been restricted in what you could do anyway yeah yeah so yeah it's, I've, I've kind of had a year and a half lockdown i'm i'm six months six months ahead of the rest of you fuckers <laughs> <laughs> so we'll look Not to lock, you lockdown is easy okay <laughs> <laughs> as long as bourbon beer or whatever lockdown has it been easy are you on bourbon now or beer uh b- bourbon and ginger ale okay. oh very nice oh we're yeah. on the wine actually tommy can i have some more yeah is that all right what wine is it wine makes me cry this is the butterfly effect shiraz i love the label it was out of stock and i par- i ordered a case at some point and it suddenly arrived the other day <laughs> oh we're really sorry for you. <laughs> I was like, "Why is this? What is this that I've ordered?" <laughs> I had a call from Lathwaite just before you arrived, Bernie. Did you? And they said um, we wondered whether you wanted to do another order. And I've now signed a contract with Avery's, oh. uh, and I didn't tell them that. I just said that I'd gone dry. <laughs> um, Lathwaite said, "Well, can I phone you back in a month?" And I said, "Well, you can try." They probably did you say ovaries? Your ovaries no, have gone Avery- dry. No, Avery's. <laughs> and it, that, Avery's is... I, I don't know if Avery's is just a Bristol thing, is it? No, I don't know. Her name's Bird. I've heard of him in Avery, but never as a wine distributor. Is that your real name as well? It's not like your artist name? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have chosen it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a nice name. 
Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Are these books behind you or CDs? Oh, can you see all that? Yeah. Uh, CDs. Yeah. Wow, that is a massive collection. All we can, yeah. re- all you can really see is your beard and then your library of CDs. Yeah, I, I used to work in a record shop, and me too. It's one of the benefits of being in bands and having lots of musician friends that I've kind of stalked and made them my friends. So I tend to have a lot of music. That's the CDs. You don't want to see the vinyl. Oh my <laughs> god, there's vinyl as well, is there? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised that the floorboards can handle it, basically. <laughs> I had the washing machine man come to repair my washing machine, and there's loads of vinyl. My washing machine's in the cupboard under the stairs, and he was quite scared that the records were going to fall on his head. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't, no. They didn't. <laughs> Next time. I, I wouldn't <clears throat> advise putting vinyl in a washing machine anyway, but, you know, that table, Tommy. Do you listen to all of those CDs regularly, John? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's the other good thing about, like, um, like even doing the dolls. Like, it's been a good excuse. Like, but when I'm making the dolls, I tend to listen to who I'm making while I'm making them to keep that energy going. So, yeah, it's been, been a good excuse to dig out the classics. <laughs> so out of your famous dolls that you've made, have you... Have you had... Because you've posted a lot on Instagram, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. And they're beautiful. I love them. Has any of the famous people that you've done commented? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who? Come on, kiss and tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I've sort of broken... Because basically I'm holding on to all these dolls until I can do a show. Mm. But James Taylor's agent begged me to send it to Canada. So... I'm waiting. James Taylor's supposedly going to make some little Insta Live thing with his James doll. Taylor, you got a friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He's got a doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he's going to do on his Insta Live thing. You know, yeah. he'll do, you've got a doll. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the fuck you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of this exhibition? Is it going to be You've Been Dolled or... I, I don't Doll know. yourself <laughs> up. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. <laughs> oh, I, I've recently had a lot of um, lesbian friends call me Doll a lot. Yeah, I've noticed it become sort of quite fashionable. I I love the name. I love I the like name it Doll as well. Yeah, I like it because my nan was called Doll. She was called Dorothy. But everyone called her doll. She was my mm, nana doll. So cute. And she was amazing. I loved her. She was the most glamorous grandmother anyone could have. That's why I like you, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think doll is a nice term, isn't yeah. it? Like, it, it there's, a, there's a nice... I don't really like calling anyone love or whatever. Or but... mate. I hate mate. I don't know why. It's just like, all right, mate. I'm just like... Mm. But I, I never use mate if I'm annoyed with somebody. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because mo- a lot of people are annoyed with me. That's why they use it. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Bud because my dad was called Bud. So if someone says calls me Buddy or Bud, I quite like that. What was that short for? Uh, well, his name was Percy, but everyone called him Bud. So there you go. Anyway, 
John, it's fabulous to have you on the show. We want to talk some more, but we're going to do some Queens of Agony. You're going to stay on board for dishing out a bit of advice for us. Absolutely. If I have any advice to give, then I'll try. Well, I can see you're a man of the world. Yeah. (laughs) So I will. Man of torture. (laughs) (laughs) I will do a big gong because that's what I do. For the Queens of Agony section. And, um, yeah, we've got a few corkers this week. So, dear old queens, and I'm including you in this, John. Apologies. Apologies up front. It's good. (laughs) The pandemic is wrecking my social skills! Exclamation mark. I don't have any energy to talk to anyone over the gay dating apps. I'm noticing that many guys face the same issue. I'm looking for human connections... It's been a tough year and dragging into a second year now. There is really nothing to talk about. How do you cope with this? Do you have any inputs for me? By the way, I'm mid-30s and from Europe. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... That's what we have to do now, to specify that we're from Europe. But it... <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing he's not from the UK with that, because we're not in Europe anymore. <laughs> That's so sad. Or he's making a political point. Uh, but yes, maybe. Still European. I think the whole question is actually written in that one sentence. <laughs> do you? Do you? Well, okay. So, what, what what advice do you give? Well, it's really interesting because I ha- I have been thinking about creating a Tom Marshman finishing school for people that need to go back into uh, social interactions. Yeah. Sign me up now. And (laughs) it sort of consists of a a um, three-point programme. One is how to walk into a room and get everyone to look at you. Mm -hmm. Um, One is to get a a drink from the bar um, when there's a big queue. And the other one is how to flirt flirt across a, a crowded room. I think that's all you need to know. Yeah. I I think how to flirt with your eyes when you've got a mask on would be a good skill. Yeah. Eye flirting. And glasses as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, both me and Benny wear glasses. When you get to our age. Yeah. <laughs> and how to wear glasses with a, a face mask as well. Oh god, it's a nightmare. I think yeah. waving is um, a very useful technique. Wave it. I'm still smiling at people though when I've I got smile, a mask yeah. on, and it's just like I smile at people, and then I've realised that that miss, that's missed. Yeah, I mean, it makes shopping less interesting, doesn't it? Because you can't. It, shopping used to be a good cruise, didn't it? Whereas now it's just what in Lidl or <laughs> where, 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 where are we talking? I'm talking about Marks and Spencers, but um, you know, <laughs> yeah, Bernie's Marks and Spencers. I'm Lidl. <laughs> I mean, I should be Lidl. <laughs> I mean, I'm beer income champagne lifestyle. So, <laughs> But anyway, let's get back to the question. Yeah, how do you... Uh, I think I've noticed a lot of this. I bumped into some people today and it's... When, you're, when you've bumped into people that normally you'd socialise with all the time and you haven't really seen them that much because of lockdown, it's a bit of a stilted conversation because you don't really know what to say to each other. Also, the fact that, you know, None of us have been doing very much, have we? You know, yeah, I guess exactly. we for yourself. Wait, Some wait. of us have been making loads of dolls. <laughs> no, but I mean, in terms of socialising and stuff like that, it's like there's not loads of different things to talk about. Yeah, you're true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Apart from the newsagent lady or whatever. Yeah. 
who doesn't really want to talk to you anyway? Or does your news agent lady want to talk to you? She, she does. Okay. She, she's the only person I see apart from my flat. So, okay. Has uh, has the news I, news agent lady got a name? Are we uh, on that familiar terms call, yet? We call her auntie. <laughs> and I don't, because her to her face, are two, and they're her daughters. Okay, so everyone so, calls her auntie. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I that's... don't know if I'm a Bengali name, maybe. Um, oh, uh, yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> John, do you, so, so what's your advice for coming out of lockdown? How do you become more social and be able to talk to people? Uh, firstly, why would anyone want to talk to people apart from me? <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, and, and my advice is just drink heavily and talk. Let, let it fall out of you. Alcohol does loosen the tongue, which is why we constantly drink during the recordings of this podcast. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think our first episode we recorded it about, was it lunchtime? I don't know. I think it was about lunchtime and we I brought a bottle of white wine with me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to be careful though because you can't rely on it. You shouldn't rely on it. No. Okay. And take a very large plug. So maybe you two are an example to us all because you've been doing lots of stuff during lockdown and you've got that to talk about to people. That's very good, actually. Yeah. You know, all People our... have been in lockdown, haven't they? they? They haven't just been watching Netflix. But also, or I think that people do like Netflix, to talk... They're still thinking... I think people do love a conversation about something very mundane and banal. Um, maybe it's just me, but I could tell you a lot about that washing machine and the adventures that I've had with it. <laughs> and I think, that, I think that there's an audience for it. But, you, but, the, but there's certain people that can make those mundane things sound really interesting, and you're one of them. Whereas a lot of people would make that sound very boring. Oh, bless you. I'll show you how I operate it soon with my pencil. So I got suggested... <laughs> I got suggested... When I was making films, uh, like a decade ago... I was on a radio show and someone on the radio show, we were in like the, the waiting area to go into the studio beforehand because I was, I think I was talking about one of the films. And, um, and they went, here, I've, I've got a good story for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, they went, well, I've just come back from Poland and one of my work colleagues has had this awful trouble because he's been trying to get his boiler mended remotely from Poland. And it's been an awful time. Anyway, I thought that would be a really good film. I, I would concur. <laughs> I th but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. At the time, I was like, I think it might be a good part of a film, but maybe not the whole film. <laughs> but maybe I mean, I'm how wrong. Would, how would that become a Hollywood blockbuster? Who, like, who's he thinking of starring in it? Are we going to have The Rock in it or something? Well, maybe. As yeah. the boiler. As the boy. <laughs> now that is a film I want to see. I think. <laughs> this little peanut head is actually like one of the buttons on the dial or something. I'm interested in that film um, for quite a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is I love a good boiler suit. Right. And um, so I'm interested in maybe doing some wardrobe advisory, you know, working in a wardrobe advisory capacity. Well, you know I want a boiler suit, so I need, I'm going to need your help. I actually have got one that I that is too big for me, and I'd like you to try it and see if it works. Okay. It's in blue cord Roy, which is the one that I have you know, that I've made famous. 
Blue is my perfect colour. Yeah, so you could try it on if you want. Okay, great. I'm dubious about the blue corduroy. No, I I don't mind, but... Like like a drill cotton. (laughs) It's a beautiful blue. It's not an in-your-face blue, you know. I love a blue. I also like corduroy. So, you know, let's see. Let's see if I can rock it. Okay. Um, Anyway, have we answered that question? Um, I I would just go back to my point... Mm. It's, I know it's not all about me, uh, <laughs> but but if you can focus on the little things and try and make them entertaining and engaging, then you'll go far. Yep. Mm. And and wear a blue corduroy suit, <laughs> yeah. or boiler suit. Whilst that, you yeah. Know, I mean, a, bo- be- a blue corduroy boiler suit is a talking point in itself, right? It, no, it's, it's something to fall back on. Yeah, totally. Like, or like a pussy if bag. If he, if he is really dull, just wear something nice. Anyway, but to that mid-30s person from Europe, that's the answer. So let's move on. Dear old queens, so, an etiquette question. If you make arrangements for a hookup on Grinder and either get a better offer, either you settle because a different hookup wasn't available now, and they are, or you just straight up got a better offer, are you obligated to go with the one you already made arrangements with? I'm asking for a friend. Is that your question? <laughs> Whose question? Is that yours? Uh, it's not my personal oh. question or John's. I think, well, I don't know if it's John's <laughs> unless you anonymous, anonymously emailed it in. <laughs> so what, So if you've made an arrangement with someone to hook up on Grinder because you couldn't meet somebody else but then that other person is available, is it acceptable to cancel the one which was the one that you settled for? No, I would say no. Yeah, I would say you have to stick with the one that you, the promise, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, laws of etiquette. If we're talking etiquette, yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, because you could always meet the other person another time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Don't fuck around. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Grinder, isn't it? You and, and the apps, people tend to be fucked around a lot. So um, yeah, I think maybe there should be some etiquette brought into this. But, but etiquette should just should just be a factor of life, yeah. anyway, and be polite. Yeah, um, be, ni- um, be nice. Don't fuck them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also it's just like, how do you know this person? isn't like they could be the man of your dreams you haven't met them yet yeah or the Unless person you've had you... them before yeah and it's just like well you know and if you've if uh, you've yeah. Had... What if, yeah have they had them before and it's like well they don't you know, say that it's not a long letter a week, you know mm. but I don't know, if, you, if you've made a plan you've made a plan i think i think so too unless you've got really strong feelings for this other person and you think they're going to be the love of your life and it's make or break, then I don't think it's a good reason to... uh, No. Anything other than that is not a good reason to cancel the guy that you've made the arrangements with. Wise words from us, I think, tonight. John, you've set it up now. It's taken you... I don't know how long we've been talking to you, but you've got the Zoom camera in exactly the right place. We can see... No, it's like you're sat at the table with us. Yeah, your optimum position. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, thanks. Like I said, Complete Zoom novice. <laughs> well, you're doing well tonight. I, d- I don't like seeing people when I chat to them. Well, this is why video calls didn't <laughs> weren't popular before lockdown, wasn't it? 
We've only done it out of necessity. <laughs> no, but I feel sad. I, I get massive depression. Mm. Like, like seeing people and chatting to them. Just, you know, this is way before lockdown anyway. It's just like, I, I'm really tactile person. I like mm. to hug people. And so, like, when you see somebody, like, you can't fucking hug them. Mm. It's really enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, yeah, it is a bit... We've talked about this before, where sometimes the end of a Zoom call is... It's not like going to the pub, because you have that walk home, mm. where and where you can kind of, you know, detangle everything that's happened in the evening and the conversations and everything. Whereas when you come off Zoom, you're just alone in your flat again and it's <laughs> it's very prominent that you're alone in your flat again <laughs> and you yeah. don't have your friends with you so yeah zoom is an odd thing that we have anyway um let's move on because i think we've answered that question etiquette is a thing for grinder and it should be so dear old queens uh, this is coming back to the first question slightly as well Sometimes I need to drink alcohol before being able to enjoy sex more freely, especially when I go to the bathhouses. I never drink so much that I'm not aware of what I'm doing. I don't have unsafe sex, even though I have a few drinks, but need to drink to switch off my brain during sexual pleasure. Does this happen to you or anyone you know? I think that happens uh, to a lot of people, doesn't it? Yeah, but where did he get his 1970s time machine from? Yeah, the bathhouses. <laughs> yeah. Well, they still have them in America, so and we we go out to America quite a lot. So it's uh, yeah. not personally, but the podcast does. Yeah. Um, so so I'm thinking maybe New York bathhouses or whatever. But in general, not even saunas or bathhouses or things like that. Sometimes you need a bit of Dutch courage, don't you? Mm. And I think when David Stewart was on and he was talking about chemsex. And he was saying that sometimes, because of gay shame, a lot of people have to take drugs and drink just so they don't have all of that stuff, that pressure that society and the outside world puts on the LGBTQ plus society to just forget about that so they're enabled to have sex. So I think it's, I think it's quite a big thing in our community, really. And I think a lot of people do it. I don't know. Yeah. What about you guys? I think I do sometimes. Yeah, I think I do as well. Especially when it comes to casual sex. Mm. You know, I think I need a bit of Dutch courage because it is quite nerve-wracking, isn't well, it? Well, it's a very unfamiliar situation, really, that you're putting yourself into. So, um, so yeah, you would do that, wouldn't you? Yeah. How about you, John? I, I'm a serial monogamist, so... Are you? Yeah, and I still get drunk for that anyway, so, yeah. yeah <laughs> just drink. Fuck it. <laughs> just, just have alcohol in general. For chats, <laughs> chats and bants and sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure yeah, the drug. I can't help this fucker. I, I, I'm <laughs> not sure the drug advisory, drug and alcohol advisory committee would approve of our podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but but we uh, we stand yeah, no, in. Good. That's what I say. But you, yeah, but <laughs> also you know just to present another side, you can have really great sex in the morning when you're sober and in a, in a in a loving relationship and all of those things oh yeah totally i think it's, this this is more about up. are you one of those chirpy wake up people i wake up and it takes me about three hours i, I, I can't in having sex in the morning i'd literally just get the fuck off me shut up make me tea <laughs> make me coffee. bring me eggs 
Roll me a fag. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, who wants sex in the morning? Like, how did I, you wake up so sprightly? I like sex <laughs> in the morning. I'm, I'm with you, Tommy. I quite like a, a morning boner. <laughs> <laughs> morning glory as they say yeah uh, but, yeah, but, yeah but do you have a glass of like Rioja on the side for when you wake up and a boiled egg <laughs> a pickled egg for me always a turn <laughs> especially in the morning with that morning breath <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we stand in solidarity with this this person sometimes for casual sex you do need a bit of dutch courage i'm not saying it's right or wrong but sometimes it just is a necessity for some people and i i don't think you should be ashamed of that no and do it in moderation because that would be a nice thing yeah okay yes definitely or just a bottle and don't tell anyone. <laughs> no one wants to go around to someone's house and they're annihilated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go around for annihilation. <laughs> right. On that note, I'm moving on to the next question. <laughs> um, this this is quite. I mean, it's, it's um, a little bit of a kinky question. So oh, did you do a whip? I uh, did a whip. Then yeah, I did a little whip for the kinkiness of this question uh, I've, I've just noticed my my beard has actually got a little kink in it tonight it has <laughs> it's a little kinky blink so <laughs> a kink curl so dear old queen just one uh, uh, <laughs> queens sorry <laughs> personally directed this one yeah this is personally directed to one of us i don't know which one it's a fantasy of mine to have someone trim my pubic hair so I have this <laughs> lifetime fantasy that a coach, drill sergeant, ranch owner, or daddy bear that I live with controls the length of my pubic and body hair, either trims my hair himself or watches and tells a willing barber to cut my hair. All of it. Bodyscaping could happen too. Perhaps weekly, monthly trims at his demands without resistance. And if I re resist, he ties me down and makes it happen. <laughs> I'm just curious about this. If I were ever to get the chance with a guy to make my fantasy happen for real, does the fantasy go away? So I guess that's the broader question, isn't it? <laughs> if, you've, if you've got some massive sexual fantasy that actually turns you on in a fantasy realm, in reality, does that fantasy go away and or is it just shattered? Oh, yeah. I would say it depends how you feel about the actual, how the event sort of manifests itself. Yeah. I guess if it's really good and is akin to the feeling that your fantasy kind of has. Then... I would never have a fantasy about, about someone watching me shave my pubic hair. Well, I think um, it was but... about other people shaving his hair, to be honest. But, um... but isn't the other person giving directions? Well, uh, that was that was to the third person. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is complex. It's a complicated fantasy. Telling him the length of the clipper, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it a number one? What are you on about? Like, is it is a number six or right mm. down to the zero? Mm. You know, or is it progressive? Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. But he's on about doing it monthly, possibly. Yeah. Um, what does he say? Perhaps weekly or monthly trims. 
So obviously, if if it's completely shaved off, you're going to have to wait a bit of a while for it to come back, right? Or, or just have a really itchy week. <laughs> yes, definitely. But yeah, the broader question is, if you have a fantasy and you fulfil it, does the fantasy go away? I would say probably if, not. Probably. <laughs> oh, okay. We've got a difference of opinion here. So, John, let, let's hear your opinion. You might just go, oh, well, that didn't work at all. And yeah, well, zero. mine is the same as that, but mine just extends on that. It's like, no, it probably didn't work. It probably will never work. But you might be in the mindset where you go, but I'm willing to try it again because I think that the lighting wasn't right or we weren't in the right space or it wasn't the right person. You know, there mm. can be multiple things that, that you... If it's a strong enough fantasy, then you probably would want to give it another... I think fantasies when they do work are amazing and then you do want to do it again but I think if it's a failure maybe it just stays a fantasy but maybe you do want to do it again because it's not fulfilled I did did have this fantasy um, maybe this is too much information for this podcast about someone someone coming in dressed as a gladiator um, a Roman gladiator from the TV show or no just a or, or are we talking real gladiator? Just a generic Roman gladiator. Okay, yeah. Ro- Roman, not ITV. Yeah, Roman. Yeah, I would say Roman. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of ITV, so I may not be getting your references. Did you watch that TV show Spartacus? No. Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. I mean, it was that, it, that was very trashy. Lots of um, homoerotic sex as well. But um, yeah, I was fixated with that for a while. Okay, but carry on with your <laughs> with your fantasy. Yeah. So, they, so they came round in a very cheap fancy dress um, Roman gladiator costume and it wasn't fulfilled in that moment. And then I suggested it again and they bought another... I, and they left the gladiator costume at my house and then they came round in another gladiator costume which was just as cheap and didn't look as good. Uh, but I, So I still have that fantasy but I want it to be... A really quality. You want a glad? Uh, yeah, I a quality to, breastplate, don't you? Yeah, and I want it to be real, le- a, a real leather little skirt. Mm. You know, I, I want, I want the whole works. I don't want a fancy dress thing. You want you, you can buy on. You Amazon. want something which is of you know, block, blockbuster movie quality. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the 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 effort needs to be there, doesn't it? It's a luxury fantasy that you've got there, um, John. What's your fantasy? It's uh, a very walking. probing question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're sharing, all right? It is pertinent to the question. <laughs> I'm living my fantasy right now, chatting to you two. <laughs> has, has your fantasy been shattered? <laughs> Would you want to do it again? <laughs> moment where, oh, actually, when Tommy moves his head in that direction, where he looks like he's wearing the lampshade, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like sort of the mother of Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) You just need some gold wristbands and maybe movement from showgirls. He's got a lasso of truth (laughs) as well. So, but he he only gets that out at a certain time in a party. (laughs) I thought that once. (laughs) So, but I don't know. I think fantasies are good. They're good to explore. I mean, sometimes you can have a fantasy which is never going to be fulfilled, 
and that's okay too, isn't it? I don't, I don't think all of your fantasies should be fulfilled in real life. Sometimes they just need to stay as fantasies. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's it's a bit yeah. it's a bit like never meet your heroes, isn't it? Because yeah, it just makes doll form. <laughs> yeah, but that's still the fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, because you make them smaller so you can dominate them. <laughs> okay, now we're getting to the nitty gritty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I find fantasy stuff a bit weird anyway. And like I really can't do role play. I can't keep a straight face. But you know, that's also a giggle, isn't it? The th- the thing is yeah, some some fantasies role play doesn't have to be that serious sometimes. It can be a bit of a giggle. Like mm. <laughs> didn't you say to me once, someone asked you on Grinder what what kind of sex do you like? And you went, I like comedy sex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but sex is always comedy. So I heard you say that on a on a one of the episodes. And I was like, absolutely. Mm. All sex is comedy. Yeah, but so, carry yeah, on. I love comedy sex. <laughs> <laughs> like a 70s porn film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing, a, throwing an inflatable beach ball to you. <laughs> <laughs> But well, no, it's like having the washing machine repairman around. <laughs> <laughs> well, did he have a, a, a corduroy boiler suit? No, he didn't. No, <laughs> and he, uh, he, oh, he, he, he had to light my, the cupboard under the stairs um, with his phone and it illuminated a photograph that he had on his screen um, saver of his, I'm presuming it was of his wife and child. Oh, Okay. Right. On that note, we've come to the end of our podcast. John, it's been amazing to have you on the show. You've been brilliant. Um chatting to you handsome brutes. Oh, bless you. But John, thank you so much for being on the show. Please say goodbye to our lovely audience. Oh, uh, goodbye, lovely audience. Wherever you are. Maybe Europe. Maybe Europe, all over the world, we we go. So and uh, but thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for dollifying us. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, and thanks for being my living dolls. Oh, bless you, um, Tommy. <laughs> thank you as always. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it was a, a lovely evening. Yeah, it was. And uh, say say goodbye <laughs> to our goodbye adoring fans. Goodbye. We will see you next time on What That Old Queen. (laughs) You have been listening to What That Old Queen, written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting. 2021 if you have a question for the old queens or you'd like to be a guest or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on facebook instagram or twitter
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.